We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 139. Our guest today is a huge innovator in the equestrian space. She created Barn Manager, which is an online software and an app that allows equestrian professionals and managers to really organize their horse's care, keep everything logged, all the data, all the organization. That's really so important to the success of our sport. She took what she experienced personally as a rider and working under some top professionals to find a hole in the industry and fill it so incredibly well. So I would love to welcome our guest today, Nicole Lakin of Barn Manager. I would love to get into Barn Manager because there are so many questions I have, but I first would love to hear about how you found yourself getting into the equestrian industry, you know, kind of from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it was somewhat of a of an accidental entry into the industry. I was quite young, I would guess about six or seven years old. And I am one of four uh, children in my family. And so my parents who both worked were often looking for activities that we could all kind of do together. So when my oldest sister's friend, you know, drug her out to the barn one day to watch her lesson, she kind of got the itch to, to give it a try. And so that meant all three of the older girls ended up at pony camp. So that was, yeah, that was my, my early introduction. And I think it was a really, a really good one. I would recommend everybody go to pony camp at some some point in their life. Amazing. I love that. So clearly you caught the bug after that. What did life, like kind of your equestrian life look like for you after that? Yeah, so early days was, you know, really on a local level, we uh, boarded our animal once we once we got our own, you know, first ponies and whatnot, we boarded them, but we were, you know, there doing, you know, everything ourselves. And, you know, it's amazing. Now, considering what I do, it's amazing how little you know, but you just kind of dive in and, and do it and figure totally. it out. So that was my my beginning. And then we started, I actually, this is very funny and weird anecdote, but went to my first horse show ever with Taylor Swift, like the huh? <laughs> the pop singer. <laughs> yeah. So I went to, I went to elementary school with her and we rode the bus to de- together every day. And so some days I would go over to her, her house after school and she had a little, a little tiny chestnut pony named Bud. And her mom was a lifelong um, equestrian and they had a couple horses out back. And so we would just kind of get on and mess around. And so they actually took me to my first horse show ever at Windsor Stables in Pennsylvania. And Taylor and I like took to Turns riding bud and it was <laughs> Nicole. How are, you, how are you being so casual about this right now? That is so cool. I mean, it was it's pretty funny now. I'm certainly, you know, not close with her. She moved away when when she was like 13, but it is a, a funny little anecdote for sure. Oh, that is hysterical. I love it. Well, that is like that is quite the entry into <laughs> equestrian world. I love it. At what point did barn manager kind of 
start or, you know, where you kind of started thinking about it? Had you been riding a while as an adult? Did you take a little break from riding? What did that kind of look like for you? Yeah, well, I, I progressed from a sort of the local show level to competing more on the national level, just sort of by nature of, you know, meeting interesting people and trying new things. And so I was lucky to grow up and and learn from so many amazing people as a as a junior rider. I ended up training at Rolling Acres Stables in Maryland and then Beacon Hill Show Stables in New Jersey and ultimately at my current barn Stonehenge Stables in New cool. Jersey. But through that time I also, you know, got to work with and be exposed to people like John and Beezy Madden and and I went I went I spent one summer out showing in Spruce Meadows with them and was just like amazed by the level of organization Mm -hmm. and, you know, how they did things. And then I was also, you know, upfront and and seeing the perspective of a a barn like Beacon Hill that manages such a large number of horses and, you know, every single one of them that shows up to the the show ring is always looking impeccable and, you know, getting a a firsthand look at some of those programs that have done it so well for so many years. Um, And I always really had a passion for the care of the horse. I, like never missed a vet appointment, whether it was for mine. That was just always something that interested me. And and this is kind of a, a story I don't share that often, but my path towards band manager, barn manager was kind of a unique one in that I, I think I always knew I wanted to do something with horses. Mm-hmm. You know, I always loved the animals and felt a real connection and knew that even though I had a lot of other interests, I didn't think that like working in an office was ever going to really suit me, but I never knew like what capacity, I never knew what jobs there were besides the traditional ones. And before I had even really gotten to the point of trying to figure out specifically what I wanted to do for a career, I was 16 or 17 maybe. And I was down, I was showing in Wellington on my like super partner that I had at that time, Alaska, and had like a really silly like freak fall, like he he just shifted off the ground, like he just came off the ground unevenly to a jump and I hit my leg on the standard and came off. And the result of that fall was actually discovering that I had a, a tumor that had been growing. Yeah, so my life changed pretty dramatically at, a, at that point and I was quite young. But the one thing that, that I, I knew throughout my whole experience, you know, fighting cancer was that the horses were healing and they brought me so much peace and joy and that I I needed to do whatever I could to keep them in my life. With that said, I also was so incredibly lucky to have parents that supported that, you know, that's, that's makes it a lot easier for sure. But as I sort of moved away from that part of my life and I went to college, I got my undergrad degree at, at NYU and I was, you know, I tried to take a break from the horses at different times and they just always kind of pulled me back. So once I kind of gave up on taking a break, I became a working student at Stonehenge Stables, which is Max Amaya's business based out of Colts Neck, New Jersey. And that's when I really, beyond my sort of barn rat habits of just kind of always being around and observing, that's when I really got like handed some responsibility and had to, you know, manage things under pressure and and understand all of the moving pieces mm-hmm. um, that go into not just managing horses, but managing a business and your employees and your clients and, you know, all of the, all of the different 
pieces that make up the puzzle of, of barn management. And that's where I really fell in love with it. So for me, I don't think that any of it could have happened like alone by itself. Mm-hmm. I think the whole, all of it needed to sort of happen to me at some point to, to lead me uh, there or to lead me to barn manager. The other really important piece of my story that I've realized now later in life, my parents were, and grandparents, my great grandfather was an entrepreneur. My family always had their own businesses, you know, worked together as family businesses. It was a natural thing for me. So when I came up with an idea to improve or to build a tool to help the hardworking people who I admired and respected so much. That part of it was never a question to me. Mm-hmm. And and for so many, I think that seems so unsurmountable. Like, how do you start a business? You right. know, what where do you even begin? And for me, it was like, I don't know, you start on Google. Right. <laughs> and yeah. um, then you go to Facebook and LinkedIn and you find everybody you know who knows something that could be helpful for you and you mm. buy them lots of coffees. So that's really that's really how I got started. Hmm. So cool. Yeah, that's an incredible story. I think that that must have been a huge help to you. I mean, especially like your great grandfather, where I feel like (laughs) now today it's like, oh, I have an idea. Let's make a business out of it. You know, it's way more normal. But I feel like when you started Barn Manager, even it was something that a lot of people were like, probably like, whoa you're going to, this is going to be your job. This is going to be your thing. Like it was probably a little daunting to some people and maybe even yourself for a minute, but obviously it's grown into something that has been, you know, it's a great part of the industry because I really do feel like you saw such a big need and had an idea to kind of fill that gap. Absolutely. And I, and I will say, I, I'm not, I'm also not trying to glamorize entrepreneurship that it's just as easy as having an idea and, yeah. and doing it. You know, it takes a lot of work, a lot of resources, a lot of energy. Um, it's frustrating at times. It's rewarding at times. And anybody who has their own business that doesn't tell you that some days they would love to be able to walk away, I think is is maybe lying to themselves a yeah, little bit. Right. Um, and I think that applies to horse businesses too. Like everybody mm-hmm. gets into the horse industry because they love the animals. They don't necessarily get into it because they had an idea to run a business. Sure. Um, exactly. And, yeah. So I, I think all the things that come with it that you, you don't think about ahead of time, plus the things that you could never really think about ahead of time that are that are surprising to you. Those are all part of it and they're wonderful parts of it, but they're they're trying and it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. I think an important part of your story though is that with Barn Manager, you actually were you know, personally in that role at one point in time to really understand, you know, kind of like what a barn manager does, what they are responsible for to kind of be able to fill those gaps. And again, kind of like alluding to what you were just talking about. It's not like you just came in as someone who like didn't fully understand, but had this idea, but you you really did, you know, personally understand that the, that there were gaps. Yeah, absolutely. I I think also something that I understood intuitively from the get-go was that when you're building something, you should never just be building something for you. You could be a person who could benefit from the thing that you're building, but 
if you really want to build something that's going to be useful to people, <laughs> you need to go and talk to them and, and put that thing in their hands and test your theories and make make a real effort to, to walk in their shoes. Yes, I did walk in the shoes of a manager during my time as a working student, but there are so many barns that do things their own way. And, and there's not one right or wrong way to do so many of these things. So mm-hmm. a port, and a really important part of um, our process at Barn Manager and, and designing from the get-go was to make sure that we were making tools that were flexible and, and useful for a lot of different people. With the, knowing that every barn has some of the same sort of core needs, everybody needs to track vaccinations and dewormers. Everybody needs, you know, digital record keeping, but understanding, you know, the context in which they're using these tools and understanding that, you know, two people might do something in completely different ways, but have ha- have it be successful for them. And we're not here to to correct you or tell you that you're mm-hmm. wrong. We're here to say, great, I love that. I love that you've come up with your own way of doing this. Here's a way to make it available to the right people at the right time. So that's an important part, I think, of our approach. Totally. Let's yeah, let's get into some details of Barn Manager. Can you kind of walk me through some of the specific features that you offer? Absolutely. So I would say our most used feature across the bat is our our record keeping feature. So I always tell people when when they ask sort of what Barn Manager does that we're focused on on three core things. One is improved record keeping, two is improved scheduling, and three is improved communication. Those are three things that can help anybody in any industry. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot that fits into that. But those are, are sort of the key areas of focus for us and that help help us to prioritize and say, you know, where does, where does this new idea fit in? So that's, that's our sort of overlying approach. And then within that, like I said, record keeping is, is definitely our most used feature. So we've got a bunch of different types of records that you can create, including the ability to customize the type of record that you're entering. We enable our users to store lots of attachments. So whether that means snapping a picture of a wound when you see it on a horse out in the field or uploading documents sent to you by your veterinarian. We support a lot of that. We also provide, you know, all kinds of reminders. So, you know, when your Coggins is coming up to expire or a vaccination booster is is going to be due in a month, we, we sort of enable our users to make sure that those things don't slip through the cracks. That's, there's a combination of, of features that, that work on, on that. But I would say, you know, again, everything is, is kind of focused on streamlining, on communicating, and on making things accessible. Another really important feature that we have is our digital calendar. There's a lot of digital calendars out there, but I think what makes ours unique is that we've offered a lot of different views of the calendar, number one. And number two, it's super filterable. So for example, if you're looking at your calendar for the month and you just want to see the lessons that you have scheduled, you can do that really easily. Then you can take it a step further and say, okay, I just want to see lessons for this particular student or horse. So really making, there's a there's a piece of, of any kind of product, um, especially with Barn Manager, where people are inputting a lot of information and we're they're, they're taking a lot of their time to do that. So one of the most important things that we can do as as a service is make that information really easy to find and really easy to view in in a way that's helpful. 
taking a little break because I am so excited to talk about our sponsor today, Jiv Athletics. Have you heard of them? They provide women the comfort and confidence they deserve within everyday athletic wear, which all starts with what's underneath. Jiv Athletics is an athletic undergarment company that specializes in performance underwear for women. Not only does Jiv Athletics offer ultra premium quality, their undergarments are breathable, wickable, tagless, roll-free, and camel toe proof. Inspired to end constant underwear tugging during a workout or a ride, Jiv Athletics creates undergarment pieces to fit to make wearing yoga pants or breeches all the more comfortable. Using breathable luxe fabrics, this woman-owned brand understands the importance of eliminating unsightly silhouettes with a patent-pending 3D mold spacer that blurs the lines between tech and fashion. I just recently got my first pair of Jiv Athletics underwear and it is the most incredible pair of underwear that I have ever owned. I give all my thoughts and some more information about Jiv Athletics over on my lifestyle page, my equestrian style. But if you want to check out more information and the products that they have, head over to their website at jivathletics.com. That's J I V A T H L E T I C S.com. Thank you so much, Jiv Athletics. You are amazing, and I cannot wait to see you more and more in the horse community. All right, let's head back to the episode. And then, obviously, this is mostly utilized by individuals running and managing a barn. And then what about for the client side? Is there a way, sure. is there like an easy way for clients to be able to either view or access the info? Absolutely. So we did build from the perspective of the barn. Mm-hmm. And and the reason for that is because we wanted, we kind of understood that the people that are handling the horses day to day are the ones that kind of have the most information. So the account ownership is more focused on the barn. But with that said, the our, our subscriptions come with unlimited users. So every barn can have as many users on their account as they'd like. Nice. And each user can have customized permissions. So okay. that means for me, for my barn, I can invite all of my clients to my barn manager account, but only give them access to their horse's data, for example. Sure. We also offer permissions based on feature. So if there's one feature that I want to keep for internal use, I can hide that from all of my clients and just use it as an internal communication tool for our team. Cool. Okay. That's awesome. I also, I feel like having, being able to like have your whole lesson scheduling system all in one place is super nice too. I know for me personally, when I worked at, at a barn office, helping them with their scheduling. Plus I was a a trainer in one of their rings for their Mm -hmm. riding school. It was such a pain. We had this like (laughs) Bobo spreadsheet thing that got like, it would get updated and and then sent out to like iPads for the guys to tack up the horses. But it was always getting like glitchy or things wouldn't, things would get messed up. Or if there were last minute cancellations, it was so hard to keep it up to date. And so I feel like having a big, you know, like plus in barn manager is that you can like literally 
put everything together in one product and one website or uh, you also have an app too, right? Yeah, we do. So I was just about to say, you can actually just pull it up on your phone as well. We have apps for Android and Apple devices. So it again, makes it really accessible. We do have, you know, the occasional client, like you said, that has a bunch of tablets in the barn, but much more common, you, you know, you see a lot of people accessing it on their phone. The other thing that we have, again, kind of focusing on that, that communication piece is that we when you go in to mark something as canceled, you can automatically have a, a notification sent to whoever you'd like to receive that notification. Nice. So making sure that the right people receive the right information in a timely way is also very important. Yeah. I just feel like for a big thing for a barn is that I would say maybe, and maybe you've experienced this, that on average, <laughs> the, the horse community is a little bit behind the rest of the times, especially technology and fashion, you name it. They're just, you know, a touch behind. So I feel like one of the biggest selling points for Barn Manager is that literally everything can be housed on Barn Manager. And I feel like that's a big deal for, you know, some of these barns that it's just like overwhelming to think of having everything documented online. So that's, I think, a huge, a huge benefit to Barn Manager that like any type of record keeping or lesson scheduling or, you know, anything like that is all in one place. Yeah, a hundred percent. I always say, in, in my opinion, I would say the horse industry in terms of technology is probably behind the mark about seven to 10 years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but interestingly, you know, the pandemic, I think has sort of shifted that. I think a lot of people are getting more comfortable out of, you know, they just kind of have to out of necessity doing a lot from their computers and their phones. And so the the one additional benefit that we have is again, it's it's one login, it's one place you have to go. You don't have to remember five different passwords to go, totally. you know, to one place for your schedule, another place for your feed and supplement management and, and so on. So yeah, I think as people get more more digital, it's it's really great that they're embracing these technologies that are that are, you know, starting to sort of appear in the equestrian space, but it's also nice not to have too many places to have to go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can't remember if this, if you have this as one of your features, but are clients able to pay Barnes for either lessons or board through the app? So that's a great question. And it is something that we're currently developing. We have a a new package that's coming up this summer called Barn Manager Pro. Awesome. Um, I will admit I was very resistant for a long time to to building this because I, I do think it's really important to stick to what you know and to stick to what you do well and, and sort of let other people do the same. So like I never, never wanted to go out there and try and compete with QuickBooks or zero or any of the, you know, amazing accounting softwares out there that have been doing it for a long time. But what I, what I heard when I, when I listened to my customers and what they were telling me is that there's, there's still a little bit of a gap in what those, those companies are offering in terms of how it matches up with the specific needs of the industry. Totally. Those tools can also be really overwhelming. It, I don't, I use QuickBooks to manage my business. And every time I feel like I'm doing something wrong and sometimes I am, and I need to get an accountant to help Mm -hmm. me fix it. So they're really overwhelming tools. And we're talking about 
you know, equestrians, professionals who don't have time to to sit and take a course to learn how to use a software. So the fact that we're able to take another huge time consuming thing and and hopefully make it easier for our users. Plus, again, coming back to the idea that it's again, just all in one place, all the information, you know, one login, and it's such important and such an important part of the of the puzzle for our users is is to get paid for for their services. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually really excited that I was convinced by some of our amazing users who, you know, have spent time teaching us and guiding us and giving us feedback. And so we're really excited to to get those features launch this summer and and see how, you know, it's the best part of, of, of any of the software development is, is getting in people's hands and, and seeing it actually help people. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Thank you. <laughs> so let's say there's like a barn who just signed up for like your essentials package and they're, you know, getting themselves situated. What have you found or what have you heard from these barns as far as how the initial setup goes, like getting completely integrated with barn <laughs> manager from, let's say they have, they're working off of, you know, a big pad of you know, a paper for their calendar or a notebook sure. for their lessons. Like what, how is that, you know, transition for them? Yeah. So it's definitely different for everybody. We do. So a couple things. First, we offer live one-on-one demos so that and that gives people the opportunity to work with usually myself but one of the members of our team that's super super familiar with everything in barn manager and not just get like a tour of of what we have but answer their specific questions cool so a lot of what we do in the demo is somebody will say well how do i track you know x y and z and i'll say well you know what this is how i do it but we also have users that do it this way so we actually physically demonstrate you know how you can do certain things and how you can actually you know get value out of your subscription not just you know this is how this feature works, but this is how you can use it to to do what you're trying to do. The second important piece is that we have amazing customer service. So we have live chat seven days a week that's accessible through a window in the application. And then we have a help center that's available 24-7 that has how-to articles and step-by-step kind of videos demonstrating how to use different features and do different things. Um, So having that is really important. As far as the actual manual labor or heavy lifting, it's, it is an investment. I, you know, I would be lying if I said it wasn't, but it's, it's worth it once you, for the first time, go to look for that record from six months ago. And all you have to do is search a keyword and it pops right up there for you. And the next time you're sitting at home at your couch, on your couch at the end of a long day, and you're like, what did I write on that whiteboard yesterday? Mm -hmm. And you can just pull it up on your phone. Again, we do, because we've done this ourselves and because we talk to, we have such incredible engagement. We talk to a lot of our users so regularly. Mm -hmm. We do also have like a lot of tips. So for example, I'll never forget Beacon Hill Show Stables where I I trained as a junior. They're they're one of the barns that, that use Barn Manager. And one of their managers actually came up with an awesome idea for, because they had so many horses to get imported into the system when they were setting up. And instead of importing every single health record and treatment for every horse as an individual record for their historical um, records that they had, they created one record for each horse for the previous year. And they put, you know, sort of bullet points for each time the horse was treated or seen Mm. by a vet. And then it just, it cut the time in half to input that information. So sometimes it's our clients that are sort of 
so, you know, ingenuitive and, and coming up with, with great ways to, to improve onboarding. And sometimes it's us just kind of being there to answer questions, you know, right, right when you need them answered. Love it. That's awesome. What would you say is an area of this industry that you are so passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? Yeah, I love this question. And for me, I think that there's just a real need to democratize the industry as a whole. There's been a lot of conversation in the last year about accessibility and and who, you know, is able to be a part of the industry and what that looks like, you know, both racially, socioeconomically. And to me, one of the, the easiest ways that we can break down some of those barriers is to make information more available to people. And that that's across the board from educating them about horse health and management to making you know, resources more available for, for training and for learning. And there are so many amazing companies that are, are working to do things like that. I'm very lucky because part of my work that I do now is also consulting. So I, I consult for different companies in the equine industry that have some sort of technology involved in in whatever they're building. So I'm working with one group right now that's really trying to bridge the gaps between sort of the top veterinarians in the world and how how they're practicing and Mm -hmm. the the, the sports medicine element of veterinary medicine that's not um, as commonly discussed. And they're, they're trying to bring it to people in formats that are affordable, easily accessible, um, and engaging. So there's, there's a lot of that, but in addition to information, I think, you know, it's, it's, there's a cultural piece of it too. You know, horsemanship and tradition are so important to this industry. And as far as barn manager goes, I've always said, you know, barn manager is meant to be a a complement or a supplement to horsemanship. It's not here to replace it. Sure. But having this sort of uh, secret sauce or like, Mm -hmm. you know, mystical, magical element to what we do, it makes it very hard for, you know, other people who want to, who want to learn and grow. And if, if to be able to have access to, you know, the secret sauce, you have to, you know, be able to afford a certain level of training or competition mm-hmm. or whatnot, it, it really drastically limits who's able to learn and, and grow from, from that information. So yeah. I do think, I, I think the industry needs to learn to be a little less afraid to share I think people think that sometimes that sharing what they think is their their magic sauce um, is going to take away what makes them good. And to me, that's that's not the case. I think it actually makes them better. So it's something I'm very passionate about, and I'm I'm trying to approach from a couple different angles. And and I think that you know technology growing in the equestrian industry is is definitely already helping that. We work with a great company um, called Strider that's bringing all kinds of amazing clinics and educational opportunities and making them available to people both digitally and in person. You know, I talked to a company out of Sweden the other day called Rides that's actually somewhat enabling, you know, virtual lessons and evaluations. So yeah, I think that Obviously, you know, nothing's ever going to replace a human being able to put their hands on a horse and feel their leg and whatnot. But I think that there are small steps that we can take that will really open the industry up and, and make it more accessible for more people. 
Totally. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with just having the flexibility and, and trying stuff out, being open with people. And I think, I think also a lot of professionals, some are, yeah, definitely there's the aspect of the secret sauce and kind of keeping that to yourself in fear of, you know, having other people copy or use it and become better or, or whatever. But I think there's also an aspect where maybe it's a little, it's not even intentional that, that people are trying to do that. I just think that it hasn't really been done until recently where people are are sharing but if you look at other industries how often you see you know top athletes or top professionals in in a sport or just an industry in general that are sharing and it's it's so helpful because even though uh, they're they're coming across and they position themselves even more as an expert but then in all reality every single person doing the exact same thing is going to produce all different income all different outcomes you look at like there was some stat I heard the other day about like running in the Olympics like in the track and field you would have to have there there's some crazy small percentage of of how you would train to run in the Olympics. And right. if you have like this little tiny percentage of variation that that kind of like sets you apart from whether if you're going to be right. in the Olympic games or not. And to think that that is just like so crazy because <laughs> when we look at our industry, it's like every single barn that you are a part of, it's a whole different process and a whole, like right. you have all different types of training and you have your favorite supplements and your favorite saddle and your favorite <laughs> way to prep for show day. You have different medications you use to prep. And there are so many different variables that I feel like even just having these kind of insights out in the open would be so helpful for people to find, you know, kind of narrow in on a process that would work well. Absolutely. I I will never forget one of the best lessons I learned. I, I actually went back a couple years ago and got my MBA at, at Babson College, which is sort of known for their entrepreneurship program. Cool. Um, and one of my favorite professors told told us one day, the biggest mistake you can do, you can make, whether you're trying to start a company or grow a company, or you have this idea that you think is brilliant, that's going to set you apart from all the rest. The biggest mistake you can make is keep it to yourself. She was like, mm. the more you go out and you talk to people and you share your idea, you, you just never know what somebody's going to say that's going to help you take that to the next level to, you know, give you an idea that you hadn't had before. They share their own experience with you. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, sometimes that's helpful and sometimes it's not, um, but you're not gonna, it's not, nobody's going to be able to take your idea and run away and, and do it the way that you would do it. You're totally. unique. <laughs> You're your own person and nobody can replicate you. So you have to believe in your own ability and, and be confident enough in, in the value of your instincts, your insights to, to put your ideas out there and to learn and to grow from other people. And, and I, for me, I took that advice and I've run with it and I can't tell you the connections I've made and advice I've gotten and mentorship that I never would have gotten otherwise. So that's something that's really definitely stuck with me. 
Totally. Yeah. I love that. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It's so exciting to see what you're doing within the industry with Barn Manager and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful, lovely conversation. I really appreciate it. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.